Hi, this is Jessica Cook and welcome to my Feel Good Podcast for Women. This show is entirely devoted to helping motivate and inspire you to live a healthy and a happy life. I believe you will be happiest and most fulfilled when you work out, eat well, enjoy a brilliant, healthy routine and live your life with passion. I want you to feel energetic and healthy and that's my goal with this podcast, to keep you motivated and inspired so you can live your best life. You'll also hear interviews from my clients who are some of the most inspirational women I have ever met. At the end of the episode, be sure to head over to inspirefitnesstraining.ie forward slash free tools to instantly download tons of free stuff like recipe books, meal plans, workouts and much more. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome everybody, physiotherapist Anne Flannery is with us this evening, um, who is a chartered physiotherapist, owner of Athenry Physiotherapy and Acupuncture Clinic. She's worked in private practice for the past 20 years. She's also currently working as a senior physiotherapist in musculoskeletal outpatients at Port Uncula Hospital. She's also occasionally a clinical educator to UL students of physiotherapy. She has a B physio, a licensed acupuncturist, postgrad diploma in musculoskeletal medicine and postgraduate cert in health promotion and is married with four children, a dog, a cat and three chickens. <laughs> You're so welcome Anne, I'm so excited for you to talk to us this evening about uh, lower back pain which yeah. is really really cool. Um, is there anything you'd like to add in to what I have just said there that I have missed out? Uh, no, but I think I might have to shorten it. <laughs> I think it's very long. <laughs> thank you very much for having me, and uh, it's great to be here. And um, I've moved house or moved room since the last time I was here because my young lad is still doing his leaving search upstairs. So I have been banished downstairs. So uh, hence the <laughs> photographs of the kids behind me. So, yeah, so, um, baby photograph that looks lovely there. So cute. Okay, so let's get stuck in. So first off, um, how common is back pain? Uh, so back pain is extremely common um, and this is why I picked it as a topic to talk to you about because uh, we know that uh, over 80% of people will at some time in their lives present with low back pain and then usually it's something from very very simple uh, such as you know people will come in and say oh I put my back out and you'll ask them why and they, they can't give a specific reason as to what they've done you know um, but it's usually not very serious um, and that's the thing to remember um, it's very common in people over the age of 30. So I think all of us here are, are on that side of 30. Um, it accounts for about 20 to 30% of all GP consultations um, that relate, is related to low back pain. So it's, it's increasing prevalence and it's increasing with the age of the population and uh, with the increase in population anyway. Okay. Uh, we have three, we, if someone comes into the clinic to me, uh, we kind of um, categorize low back pain three, in three distinct groups. Okay, so the first one is the acute low back pain, and that's the one, you know, oh, I put my back out. And it tends to uh, last about four to six weeks, and, but it usually resolves very quickly. Okay, then we have the subacute back pain, and that's the one that lasts for about four to 12 weeks. It's a little bit more um, involved in that one. And then we have the chronic low back pain, and that's the one that has lasted for longer than 12 weeks. So anything that lasts longer than 12 weeks, we consider it chronic pain. Um, another way that we would look at it as well is um, if someone comes in and they just have back pain, 
versus somebody who comes in and they've back pain and they've raging leg pain and they've pins and needles numbness and tingling and all that. And so we would grade grade the um, low back pain in relation to the extent of the pain and the extent of the pain rolling down into the leg and that. Okay. 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 So when you talk about the back, what structures are you talking about? Okay. So um, we talk about our backbone, right? And our back bone actually is made up of several bones, okay? And we divide it into different areas based on uh, what area we're talking about. So you, there's a lot of medical terms for it, but uh, we say the upper part of our neck here, we call that our cervical spine, and that's made up of seven bones. We have the thoracic spine, that. okay, that's our thoracic spine, and there's 12 bones down along there. And then we have the lumbar spine, which is the one we must be talking about today. And um, there's five bones on that. And then from that, you're into the pelvic area and you have your sacrum and you have your coccyx bone, okay? So the vertebrae then sit on top of one another, one on top of another, on top of another. And in between that is where the discs are. And the discs are like the shock absorbers, okay? Um, if you imagine a jam donut, right? So in our 20s and our 30s, they're a nice, thick, fresh jam donut, okay? And as we get older, we lose some of the height and we lose some of the moisture in the jam, in the jam donut, okay? Um, so that's, that's where the aging process occurs along there. At the front of the vertebra, we have, I think there's a photo. Have you a photo there that you can share? Yeah. I, I should have said that. I just remember that now. Um, at the front of the vertebra, there's... Um, a ligament along the front that stabilizes the spine. And then at the back, we have a column on the left and a column on the right, and they're the facet joints, okay? And they're the joints that join the one vertebra to the next vertebra to the next vertebra. They run all the way down along the spine, okay? Um, within that, then, we have a canal, and the canal is where the spinal cord is, and the canal runs from the base of the skull all the way down the length of the spine, okay? If you think of a tree trunk, okay, so that's running down the length of the spine, and then you have little uh, branches coming off that, so that's your nerves coming out, and the nerves come out and they go all the way down into the fingers and into the toes, and when the signal comes down, if I decide I want to bend my finger, the signal comes down from the brain, down the spinal cord, down into the hands, all the way down to the finger, and then I'm able to, to perform whatever movement I wish to perform, okay? So that's basically the anatomy. Um, Outside of the, the actual um, bony structure itself, then we have all of the muscles of the back. So we've loads of muscles in the back and that allow us a huge flexibility. It allows us stability. We talk about flexing the spine. So bending forward is flexion, bending backwards, extension, rotating to the right, rotating to the left, side bending to the right, side bending to the left, and then a combination of all those movements. So we're able to combine all these movements together using the muscles, using the flexibility of the spine. And at the same time, the spine then stabilizes us so that we're allowed to stay upright. If we didn't have a spine, we would be like little snakes on the ground. So it's our spine that keeps us up straight, you know? And um, also then they protect the organs. The ribs come around, protect all the organs, okay? So it has many functions um, on a day-to-day -day basis, all right? Um, That's so, so interesting. Um, I'm just going to um, pu pull that up now in a, a second while you're chatting. So mm. like, what kind of happens as you age? Like, does it just get worse and worse and worse? Does, does it just deteriorate really bad? 
okay, so the thing is, everybody everybody ages, right? Um, worst case scenario, well, not worst case scenario, there's a couple of potential serious cases that can cause trouble for people, okay? So, you know, I'll just, just park this one for a minute, but, I'll, you know, it's if you had a tumour or infection or what we call quadraquina syndrome, these are very serious um, conditions to have. Um, there would be a sudden loss of uh, control of the bladder, sudden loss of control of the bowels, um, numbness around the genitalia, numbness around the back passage, um, weakness in the legs. So there, those type of conditions um, are very severe, very serious. And in that situation, you would need to see your GP or your, or your ED pretty, pretty quickly, okay? Um, but for every other, they're only about 1% of the presentation. Uh, that would come into the to GP or into the physio. For everybody else, it is just more the normal back pain, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a picture there. Um, yeah, can you just up in that? Just give me a little nod. I can't believe yeah. I'm able to pull it up. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's okay. Yeah, so it's, uh, so that's just that's just going through cervical spine, thoracic spine, lumbar spine, the sacrum and the coccyx. So the coccyx, uh, um, you know what? Most people, most women here might know the coccyx from actually breaking it during childbirth. It's the tailbone, it's way, way, way down at, at the very bottom. And it's, uh, so you just, if we move up to the next one, if you can there, yeah. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm pointing to my own, uh, my own picture here in front of me. <laughs> it's of no use to you. Um, so you can just see there, basically what I want to show there is um, at the very, on the right-hand side of the picture there, you'll see the gray, that's your ligament coming down. You'll see the vertebrae and the disc in between. And the yellow part there is the nerves coming out from the spinal cord. And you can see it's not marked on it now, but between the, the, the yellow lines that are coming out, that's where the facet joints are. Um, and that's where we get a lot of wear and tear and a lot of trouble in that area there, because that's where a lot of wear and tear occurs. Okay. What area is this just up above the coccyx? So, so uh, you see there where the, the, the three yellow are coming out, yeah. the three yellow lines are coming out. Yeah. So they're nerves that are coming out. And just where that, where those nerves come out and where the bone is there, you'll get a lot of wear in the bone in that section, or you can get a lot of deterioration of the disc in that section. And that's where it puts pressure on the nerve and you get pain down into the legs then. Wow, oh my God. And does that, is that what brings about then the pain from your hip all the way to your toes? Yeah, it could be, yeah, depending on now. So um, different, so you've all heard of sciatica, okay sciatica is just means that you've got pain on the sciatic nerve okay so when you talk about pain down the back of the leg that's your sciatic nerve okay uh, but you could have a restriction uh, further up so we we label our lumbar vertebrae one two three four five yeah. so four five would be your sciatic uh, nerve right but there's one two and three so one two and three is your femoral nerve um it'll affect you it can affect you in the exact same way the pain pins and needles numbness tingling except it's coming down on the front of the thigh. So very often down along the front of the thigh, down towards the knee, that kind of area. Okay. Okay, so it just depends on what area is affected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, what's the, yeah, there it is, there it is again. Uh, that's, so this is the aging one now. Okay, so um, you were asking me there about the aging, the actual, what happens in aging. All right. Um, so basically it's normal for the body to age. We know this. Uh, we're all going through it. Um, so the bones and the discs and the ligaments naturally weaken, okay? So if you look at that picture there, you'll see the normal disc, okay? 
So there's a nice space there, okay? Um, you see the nerve root coming out, nothing's touching on it, okay? The next picture down then, it's worth you. Uh, no, 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 sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll stay on this for a minute. Yeah, sorry. What about? You see there it says a herniated disc, okay? So the herniated disc there is where, you think of your jam donut, okay? So your jam donut is a lovely, thick and juicy when we're young. It is dried out and it's allowed the jam from the jam donut to seep out the side, okay? Right. Now, everybody here could well have uh, 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 not necessarily a herniated disc, but certainly disc bulges up and down along the spine. But it doesn't matter if it doesn't hit on a nerve. Okay, so if everyone here went and got an, an MRI scan done, we would certainly find um, bulging discs up and down the spine. That's okay, but it's when it hits on the nerve that it causes the trouble. Okay, and you can see here where it's, it's sitting right, you see that little bulge sitting right onto that nerve, and that would be, every time you would move, that would ping, 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 and cause pain, all right? So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, the one below that, then you can see where the bone is actually much narrower than the bones above it, okay? So that there uh, is wearing, wearing of the bone, okay? Um, a bit more of the spondylosis, which is wearing of the bone, and that'll wear the bone on the facet joints at the back as well, okay? And what happens here, you see the bony spurs. So the body is always trying to, um, the body's always trying to repair itself. Okay, so we've heard of arthritis and we call arthritis wear and tear. So now they've kind of changed that again to wear and repair. And the reason for that is that the body is trying, it, the body's reaction to trying to uh, make things right for you. Okay, and if we, instead of the bone, well, what, let me start again. You've one bone on top of another like that, and what happens is bony outgrowth comes out to the side like that and out to the side like that, which is happening here. Oh, when, that bony, when the bony, what'd you say? That sounds awful. It, but it, but it, again, it'll happen in nearly every vertebra, but it doesn't really matter unless it's hitting on something that's going to cause a bit of pain. Okay. Yeah. Um, if, the, if it's pinching on, the, on those nerves or if you're, you know, if, Somebody was standing, say the back of the, the vertebrae there where there's a lot of the, the facet joints are and there's somebody will be standing for a very long period of time and they have wear in those bones, they, they will get irritated for standing a very long period of time because there's no flexibility in them, that, that type of thing. All right, and the bottom one down there then is the degenerated disc where it's completely gone and you, you can have bone on bone in that situation. Okay. And what happens in that situation? Um, well, so probably if it's bone on bone, you, you first of all, you definitely have had your MRI and you'll probably be seen by a consultant and there's a possibility he'll say to you, well, go for physio or he'll say to you, I think actually you need an injection. Um, so they'd be the two main things that they would go for. They, in that situation, if you have a degenerated disc entirely, you possibly have other degenerated discs, so they may not offer you surgery. But mostly it would be a bit of exercise pain relief uh, could be an injection um, under anesthetic into, into that area. Yeah. Can I ask you just um, mm. a, a little question? Just it's, I just find that so interesting. What, what, how, what, would, what would your back, how would your back improve with physio with that? Is it about getting it to just keep, keep flexible, keep moving in, in the specific? Yeah. yeah, so specifically in that kind of an area. So what we would, we would go in then and we would uh, mobilize the spine, see if we can get a bit of flexibility within the vertebrae. 
are with yeah within the vertebrae but within the facet joints as well so we would mobilize that back uh getting you know a lot of people don't we'll get in with the fingers and that and try and mobilize it so each mobilization then is trying to get a little bit of fluid into the joint to get that jo a bit more joint flexibility that'd be the first thing that we would do then heat is a great thing so we put the heat onto it um, and what the heat will do again it'll bring in the circulation into the area get things moving get the chemicals that are causing the pain get them away bring in the nutrients that are going to help the healing um, and then exercise is a huge part of that so if there's a lot so depending on how the person is presenting so one person will present and they don't like standing um, and they are stuck in that position. So we try and get them into a little bit of flexion, get a bit of movement, go and bring the knees up onto the chest, get them rolling a little bit um, and try and bring a bit more flexibility into that area. That's brilliant. Somebody, yeah. somebody else would say they don't like sitting. So that they'd be more disky. Yeah. Um, and again, then, so they don't like sitting. So we bring them more into extension. We're going the opposite direction with them. Yeah. Try and get the flexibility in the opposite direction, first of all, and then gradually ease them into the, into the other direction. Brilliant that there's always hope. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, right, this is perfectly normal. Like they call it de degenerative disc disease, but it's not a disease. Yeah. Right? yeah. This is absolutely normal uh, wearing of the back, the same way as you get wearing of your knee or your hip or anything else. And what's interesting as well is it's not, it used to be a thing that it was um, people who are doing physical activity all the time. And they were the ones that used to get it and are, you know, physical work knows what I mean. It's not, it, that's not true anymore, that they now know that if you're the person sitting in the office all day, you can be as prone to it as the person who's physically active all day. Yeah. So what we do know now is that the spine likes to move and the more that it moves, the more that we can lubricate it, the more that we can keep away as much stiffness as possible and keep as much flexibility into it. And that's what the spine needs and that's what it, it, it craves. That's absolutely deadly. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, um, so am I moving on from the slide or do you want me to, is there another one? Um, what's the next one again? What's the next slide? I can't remember what the next one. Oh yeah, that's just, that's more kind of then the, on a little bit. Um, so okay. I said about oh. the office. Do, do you know what we have now? We have a COVID back and a COVID neck, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, and it's beca not because of actually the person having COVID necessarily, but because we have so many people now that are working from home. So this now is getting into your ergonomics a little bit because we have people, uh, they've made up their own um, office at home. Like I'm sitting in my office here now at the moment, I'm looking at about three or four different board games in front of me so that I can keep the uh, computer screen up to the right height. You know, so this is what people were at at home. Okay, or they're sitting on the couch and the seat is too low. And if you, it's grand for me for now because I'm talking to you for half an hour, right? But for other people that are doing this all day, every day. So this is where this idea of the COVID neck and the COVID back came from. It's a bad posture. Um, it's sitting sitting in bad positions, not in, with the correct furniture, not furniture that is made for that function. Um, so yeah, they, they have now defined it as a COVID neck and a COVID back. God, that's crazy. Interesting, isn't it? So what can we do when we have an episode of lower back pain and how does physio help? Okay. Uh, so what we have is um, acute low back pain. So that's the, the one that mostly people would be complaining about. Um, and about 85% of people will come in with this uh, acute low back pain. Um, it's called, nowadays it's called non-specific low back pain. And the reason they call it non-specific low back pain is because you can't 100% identify exactly what's causing it. All right. 
um, it's very frustrating pain for the person when they get it and it can be extremely painful all right but the thing to remember is that it does resolve and but it does take four to six weeks to resolve you must listen to your body and you must you know when the body says no i have enough you you agree with that and you go that's as much as i can do for that time all right um it's usually caused by physical activity that we're not necessarily used to doing okay so we've decided to up something and all of a sudden too much too quickly or we've decided that we're going to do the whole garden fence or the whole sh shed or whatever we're cleaning out you know we're getting the whole lot done now that we're doing it you know this kind of crack um also then poor posture because again we're getting into bad positions and then we're getting stuck um and then a sudden movement or a bang or anything like that they're, they're the kind of things that cause it and people will typically come in and say you know i put my back out mm. Uh, there are certain risk, risk factors that have been identified. So um, people who smoke and people who are obese, the, these are the lifestyle stuff again. Uh, people who are obese, people who uh, do physical work, they've identified women as more likely to get it. And I'm trying to figure out myself, is that because we're the people who are running around and doing everything and doing everything and doing everything and putting ourselves last a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, Job-related stress. Um, is another reason for it and job related dissatisfaction uh, has been shown to increase low back pain and again then uh, people who are suffering from depression and anxiety um, would be would, would be also people who would be prone to low back pain. Is that because they're holding themselves in tension? Um, yes and it might be a way of expressing you know some of the stuff that's going on internally yeah. I think as well you know. Right okay. Yeah uh so what can we do for it uh so initially uh you know depends on the severity of it um so you would be looking at your um, anti-inflammatories your painkillers some people might need muscle relaxants some people might need an injection from the gp so it just depends on how severe the, the pain is um heat is mighty okay so I'll put on the hot water bottle what your body will do automatically is go into spasm so you pull something your body's going to protect you uh, he's your best friend is really going to mind you and it just puts everything to spasm and then you can't move at all okay so spasm is good and that'll stop you re-injuring yourself but it's also bad if spasm doesn't go away and you still can't move so you have to that's just the way the body reacts so a little bit of heat on the back is brilliant uh, we also talk about relative rest so years ago it used to be you go to bed if you hurt your back you go to bed and you lie on the floor and you have a wooden block or something underneath the mattress. Remember all this? Uh, so that's all gone now, right? So it's called relative rest and relative activity. And back then to listening to the body, right? So the idea is, as I said, the spine loves to move, okay? So it's the idea of, you know, half an hour in the bed, then get up and you might stand for a few minutes and then you might be sitting for minutes, but you're moving all of the time. Um, there will be a time where, you know, you just go, oh, I just have to go to bed. And that's fine, but you're not taken to the bed for days on end, okay? And what, what they've shown is that, you know, taken to bed for days on end, it just causes muscle weakness. So it's of no benefit to you long-term, all right? Um, we know also that, you know, some people will come in to me and they'll say, well, I walk five kilometers every day and that's what I want to get back to do straight away, you know? And you have to kind of say, well, okay, listen, you know, bring it back, do your half a kilometer if that's as much as you can do, stop before the pain starts to get too much for you. Um, and then gradually build it up. So you might do half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the afternoon, half an hour in the, or sorry, half a kilometer in the morning, half a kilometer in the afternoon, half a kilometer in the evening. I very often tell people to walk on their own, uh, not to walk with other people when they're that sore, 
because you'll be trying to keep up with other people. You'll be trying to take longer strides. And again, that's something that's going to irritate you. It's pulling, pulling, pulling on the spine. So you might be shuffling along and it might take you 20 minutes just to walk through say, the, the avenue of the house, whatever it is. But that's where you start gradually, gradually, gradually. Okay. As you get better, uh, swimming and walking are brilliant. Okay. Uh, but we wouldn't say the breaststroke. Okay. Because the breaststroke is forcing you into extension and your back may not be able for that yet. All right. Um, from a physio point of view, then we're all hands on. So we're looking at that uh, muscle spasm. We're looking at mobilizing the spine. We're looking at uh, trying to get a soft tissue release. Um, so we'd be doing a lot of stretching, a lot of um, a lot of stretching, a lot of strengthening program. We might use the ultrasound differential. Um, and I tend to, to use the acupuncture a lot. I find that some people are very sore and very anxious about moving. And so I can put acupuncture needles into the hands and into the feet without going anywhere near the back at all until that kind of severe initial pain settles down. Um, and then we're into all the core exercises after that, trying to strengthen up, trying to build up the core muscles. Um, and I'm just looking, I do still have the posture picture up there. So posture would be another thing that we would look at, but not necessarily. It used to be that you had to have good posture all of the time. And again, we don't go with that anymore. It's more that, are you able to get into a good posture? Are you able to get out of the posture? Are you able to move? Um, if you look at those pictures there, the first person, um, the weight of the head is, is pulling them forward. So that they're, they're slouching the shoulders there. Uh, and then he's overcorrected. So he's pushed the back into hyperextension there. So what you really want to see is that there's a, a straight line coming down between the top of the head, the ear, the point of the shoulder, uh, into the hip muscle or into the hip there and down into the ankle so it's a straight line all the way down kind of a plumb line there if you can see it on, on that picture and yeah. the other one then is just for sitting posture so at home um sit if you're sitting on a chair hips and knees at 90 degrees that's the, the easiest way to remember it hips and knees at 90 degrees and feet flat on the floor um and that will give you uh, support for the lumbar spine. You can see there she has a little bit of support in her back. She doesn't have huge support coming up the way. Mm. Um, also then the screen for the computer, it's usually about a 15 degree angle that would drop down there. Um, yeah, so if she's a particularly short lady that's sitting at a desk that, you know, it's not particularly made for her, uh, the USA tin box is a mighty job to put in on the feet because it takes some of the strain off the back, okay? Yeah. If you're slower and you're sitting there um, and your feet are dangling, it's forcing you to extension. Put the USA tin box underneath it, it takes that pressure off it. Okay, okay. that's a great little rhyme to yeah. with the 90 degrees. Yeah, hips and knees at 90 degrees and feet flat yeah. on the floor. That's yeah. deadly. Can I get into Q&A now? I'm sure there's a couple of people that have a few questions. <laughs> deadly. How are you girls? Um, does anybody have any questions? All you have to do is unmute yourself, please. Hi, Emer here. Hi, Emer. Um, so yeah, I in the last last couple of months have had lower back pain, and in the last couple of weeks, um, it's at just at night time. Like I don't have I don't have any pain during the day, um, and it's sleeping, so it's waking me up at night. But it's going into like my hips. Like I get this numbness in both sides of my hips, so I sleep on my side. And then I wake up like, and I might wake four or five times during the night to turn over, like, because the pain is like 
bad like during the night and then but then once I get up in the morning I move I'm grand again okay uh, so uh, first of all if you're getting a lot of pain at night time there might be an inflammatory component in it okay because pain inflammation is usually worse at night time so you, are you taking anti-inflammatories it's something that you could consider okay take an anti-inflammatory before you go to bed uh, but uh, the second thing then is how old is your mattress okay okay, uh, okay. just to, sometimes yeah. um, you know if it's an older mattress it's not supporting as well as it should do and the third thing which we often get people to do is particularly women okay so if you think of our shape we have narrow waist and wider hips okay mm -hmm. and then you're on your and you're in the bed and you're not getting that support for the spine so as you're lying on your side that spine is going into a C curve okay if you're lying mm -hmm. on your side so what we tend to do is get someone to have put a pillow on their side uh, so that you're lying on the pillow on your side and that helps keep the spine in a more neutral position okay okay Okay. But just watch, the, you know, if it's numbness on both sides. Yeah. Uh, have you had any treatment on it? Um, yeah, I've, I've had physio um, a couple of weeks ago and I'm due to go back again. Now, he did say to me to get my bloods checked. Yeah. Uh, so that's I did the that. Yeah, that's the yeah. information. Okay. Yeah, that's the information. Yeah. So yeah. I just did that this week now. I haven't had to be probably two weeks before I hear again. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just got particularly bad just in about the last two weeks. Like, yeah. Yeah. So what you what you should do is do a trial of the anti-inflammatory and see does it make a difference, because then okay. you'll have a better idea straight away, uh, even before you while you're waiting for the bloods as to whether the anti-inflammatories help you or not. And then you'll know if there's an inflammation uh, component okay. to it or not. When should you okay. change your mattress? Oh, yeah. well, now, sure, look at <laughs> I can't answer that question. How often do you use the mattress? How many people are in the bed? Do you know what I mean? Uh, I couldn't answer that for you. But I suppose um, it's just something worth looking at if the mattress is there for a number of years. <laughs> you know, a lot of people forget to forget to change it. You know, it's just something worth thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. said. Great. Thanks, Anne. Cheers. Okay. No bother. No bother. Anybody? Any questions before we wrap it up? Okay. Okay, Anne, thank you so much. That was so, no so problem. interesting. If anybody would like thank to book an appointment with Anne or contact Anne, please take down this number. It is 086-811-9912. 086-811-9912. Anne, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and so informative. All my love. Thank Have you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.